Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real to real. And this week we review Escape from New York, starring Kurt Russell, Lee Von Cleve, and many others. Adrian oh, Barbeau. We finally got everybody together. Yeah. Kind of. Together in the... In the in the virtual space. Yes. Space. I, this is this is going to be a little bit odd for everyone. So just be aware, you know, be aware. Some of the sound might be a little bit off, but we finally get everybody together. Um, Remotely. Co- yeah, COVID nineteen has kept us apart one more week, but don't yep. worry, we're finally at a point where we can all get together soon. I got it last week, so. And we got it the week, the two weeks before. Yeah. yeah. And I slept on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, so. Uh, I did cough sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's our lives, so, I mean, we're still here for you guys, so, I mean, Movie Theater Time Machine will keep going no matter what, I guess, and we go through Escape from New York, the 1981 classic about Manhattan being a prison. It's like, now I see where, uh, where Arkham City got a lot of its inspiration from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to the point, right. yeah. The, to the point where one of the uh, guard units at the beginning of this movie called itself like Gotham Three, right. and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's where the, that's where the game got it. Good. Okay. Understood. Well, I think a lot of video games stole some shit from this. Yeah. Fucking Snake Plissken. Yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. come on, there. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, yeah. When playing Metal as Gear- Raiden. Period. Well, yeah. The original Metal Gear, I'm pretty sure the cover art was Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's actually true. Mm. I This movie, actually, there, there's a lot that starts here. There's also one of the internet rumors that Snake also inspired Snake from The Simpsons. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. I just I mean, wanted to shout, oh, no, beta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the truth is, it didn't happen. Ah. Uh. Huh. It didn't happen. Snake originally, when the show was created in the late 80s, was named Jailbird. Oh, yeah. All right. And then Snake, because one of the animators got really pissed off and did a snake tattoo, and then he started to be called Snake from there. Ah. All right. And Revenge is drawing a snake tattoo yeah. on a cartoon character. Because he needed, because the, the, the animator that did it, although it's kind of anonymous, but the animator that did it, that drew it, said he needed to distinctly be a bad guy character. Like, you can't just have one criminal. You know, like, something about this guy has to be worse. So then he a drew, tattoo? You know, yeah, so, well, I think <laughs> in the late 80s, where he didn't have much either. And he, yeah, um, and he's, he's the only Simpsons character I can think of to actually have a visible tattoo. Right. Mm. Yeah. Wait, 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 uh, Grandpa. Oh yeah, the Fighting flying hellfish. Yeah, the yeah. hellfish. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that that was like the that was like the military tattoos. Those were those were more accepted uh, back in the okay. back in the uh, late eighties. Yeah. Now, I went into and I did. I want to get off the bat. I did some deep dive in statistics here, <laughs> and I started looking at. What would it take for Manhattan, or why would Manhattan be chosen as the prison for the United States? And going by the statistics found in 1987, when this all started, according to the movie's canon, and I 
did the math and dug through it and found that the population of the United States altogether was 242,000, I'm sorry, 242,288,918. And it seems like chump change compared to today. Yeah. Um, Violent criminals at that time, uh, you know, violent incarcerated criminals that would be eligible for long-term imprisonment was 13,508,700. So if we look at... I know Manhattan Island has a big population. uh, I'll I'll show you all of it. Okay. If we look at all of it, it rose to it rose four hundred times. So if you take away the burglary, the petty larceny, and vehicle theft, you have roughly forty five uh, forty five point four million people that were all together. And Manhattan alone, its general population in nineteen eighty seven of residents was fifteen million nine hundred eighteen thousand. But workers, tourists, and everybody else, it was 45.4 million. Yeah, because nobody lives in New York. Everyone commutes. Exactly. So on a popul- when you look at population with prisons or with any big conglomerate, like you have each person has like roughly in order to be humane according to the United Nations – needs 500 square feet altogether. So 500 square feet in order to live. Manhattan alone, its square footage, I just lost this title, but Manhattan's square footage is um, uh, 663,185,000 square feet, which roughly works out to 22.82 square miles. And if we put it all together, the average population of Manhattan in this movie alone, each person has 140 square feet of living space. (laughs) So it's like hotel rooms in New York. But here's the deal, though. When when it comes to uh, being a prison, kind of like a prison state... Yeah. You've got all these violent criminals in one area. You know that people are going to be killing each other. And you have, like, a gang that's, like, cannibalistic. So those numbers are going to drop significantly. Exactly. And, and when you put the most violent people all together, yes, they will start to off each other. And it's basically no rules. Like, we'll just make sure we drop food. True. And even to the point where it's like, okay, you're getting – when you're – when people are incarcerated into the prison with the option of, we'll just terminate you right now and, and you know, I'll off you and cremate you at this point. Right. Thought- just for that option. I wonder how many people in this universe would have taken that option. Exactly. More than a couple is my guess, because thinking about what it would be like inside Manhattan itself, mm, not yeah. liking it. And, you know, the, the island of Manhattan, it makes sense because the only ways in and out are easily watchable, coverable bridges. Yep. Yeah. The other, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is um, this movie was made in 1981. Right. Um, so. <laughs> so it's older than anybody here. It's older than everybody here. <laughs> um, so the... The jump ahead 
is interesting. Doing the math for something that hadn't happened yet is interesting. Yeah. The way you put it. Yeah, and Manhattan alone, in general, like, was not, was known not to be a very safe place. Yeah. Yeah, Manhattan in the 80s was basically a war-torn hellhole, so it wasn't that different from the movie. It's actually before it started restructuring. In 81, it's before, uh... Before the yuppies got involved, so yeah, filmed on location with with the actual game. Well, actually, no. It was this movie was not filmed in New York. I, well, I just think it's I think it's funny because the, the movie was not actually filmed in New York. Filmed in Toronto. Uh, it was Wait, actually what? filmed in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> so St. Louis, Missouri is a war torn hellhole. Um, I just I wanted to point that out <laughs> that the movie was actually not filmed in New York, which I thought was really funny. Next, you're gonna tell me Escape yeah. from L.A. was filmed in like a green screen studio. That or I don't know. I did I, not look up Escape from L.A. Are you telling me Star Wars wasn't filmed on Tatooine? I just think it's funny that you know you're you're filming a movie about New York and you don't actually film the movie in New York at all. Next, you're gonna tell me Jar Jar wasn't a real. I'm gonna real character. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> you're sitting next to me. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that they didn't even film a speck of it in New York. Well, the fact that New York is, like, a character in the movie and it's not filmed there, it's like, that's interesting. I also, I felt, I don't know, I told Dan this because the movie was made in 1981 and we're watching the film and I'm looking at it. And one of the first things you see after, I'm just jumping ahead, but after you see Snake kind of gliding into the city itself, is you see a a good shot of the Twin Towers. And I just stopped and I looked at him and I was like, can you imagine that 20 years after this movie was filmed, that those weren't there anymore? I was just thinking, good thing the movie was set in 1997 or else it would be more awkward. Right? Right. That was a big chunk of... There was a big chunk of the first uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie that had to be cut and reshot because it involved the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, and I, I remember that explicitly. And actually, the the new releases, I think Spider-Man, I think you can you can get that movie, I think on Amazon with that uncut. Huh. You know, with it now because now it's like people really don't really care. I remember one of the ads uh, for the Spider-Man movie was like a bad guy helicopter like webbed up between the tw- twin towers. Between the towers, yeah. yeah. Between the towers, I, re- I remember that. Yeah, that that I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh, they're not doing that anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. I just <laughs> that may still be on YouTube too. Yeah, I don't. It's why the why they were so um, iconic and used in B-roll so much to begin with when they were just rectangles. If but, anything, the Statue of Liberty is way more um, iconic. It's it's mo- it's more iconic, but it's but it's much smaller. And America has to, you know, everything about America has to be some some way that we can fuck space. <laughs> and those two giant fingers sticking up is one way to do it. Oh God! <laughs> I thought I totally thought it, we we're gonna go with wiener metaphors. Ignat <laughs> <laughs> space penis. Double dicks. Well, that's the that's, that's the uh, porn once. the the Jetta the the Jetta Tower oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. um oh god where uh my brain wants to say Abu Dhabi but that's a 
That's, that's from Garfield. Um, uh, Dubai. I was going to say Dubai. The Jeddah Mile, Jed Mile High Tower in Dubai yeah. is le- legitimately, it's about mankind's desire to fuck the moon. Yeah, almost, yeah. Because it's literally just trying to put a dick on the planet. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. yeah. What about the Space Needle? That's a large prick. <laughs> <laughs> Nixon not like anyone not Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody everybody but himself and his dog. Oh, Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it really? Huh. Was Checkers Nixon's dog? Well, he, well, he could have yeah. had more than one dog. I don't know. I don't uh, know about presidential dogs. Man, Wait, didn't uh, Nixon man, pick up his dog by the ears or was that someone else? <sighs> oh, I remember. No, he- that wasn't him. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he had, had like a beagle or something and picked it up by the ears. I'm like, you don't do that. Who did that? No. Why would no. you do that? A beagle's big ears are handles for petting, not for lifting. No, exactly. Exactly. It's not weight-bearing yeah. ears. Yeah. No. no. So John Carpenter wrote this with Nick Castle, uh, well, and who collaborated with Carpenter by portraying the original Mike Myers. Yep. All right. And... Uh, you know, and it was released 1981, positive success, uh, went, went up pretty well. $6 million budget, totaling over $25 million locally altogether. Which would be a hit uh, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, became a cult classic pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was more a success than rentals because 1996, you had Escape from L.A., uh, which was, in my opinion, was a more exciting movie. Yes, I agree. Yeah, well, I actually I really mean, liked it better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I just kind of fell off. Yeah. What? A, yeah. The that's end. see. Like I don't care. That's one of my. That's one of my criticisms of this movie. Since it was done in '81, it's we still weren't out of the whole '70s. We must do every establishing shot and make sure you know exactly what's happening. So we're going to follow his entire walk to this plane. We're going to exactly. follow. Uh, thank God they didn't follow every flight of stairs he had to take from the fiftieth floor down. Right. But it was yeah, it was that kind of thing. Like uh, like the the only reason we didn't have a wood paneled sheriff's office is because this was New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not wrong. <laughs> Like, didn't he expect that there would be, like, I agree with you, like, if you see the sheriff's office, there'd be wood panels and be, like, that little radio from The Shining movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, that, yeah, I, I agree, because this movie itself, I mean, while it's good and it established quite a bit, it has a very, very, very basic plot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The president's in danger. Yeah. The president, this ain't a cutscene, press A. 
right. Sorry, that was a deep cut. He's got to save the president. Save the president. <sighs> Which, are you a bad enough dude to save the president? All right, so here's the deal, though. The, I, I need to point this out because this is not the first time I've seen this movie, but it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's the first for me. And I've seen L.A., but not this one. The dude they got to play the president. Donald Pleasance. He was so fucking wooden. Right. And I don't know if, if I've become, like, an acting snob lately or something, because I haven't really been watching TV or movies other than, like, this podcast. But yeah. I've been really harsh on people lately. And if you've done a oh, really good sure, job yeah. on acting, I'll sit there and go, wow, that was acting, that was acted fantastically. And then I've gone, wow, this person fucking sucks. And yeah. I just sat back going, first off, does this person have a, an accent that I'm hearing? Because if he does, he shouldn't be president. And then secondly, mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy sucks. Like, did, yeah. did they, did they not have? Well, wasn't he Don uh, The president was Donald Pleasance, right? I don't know. Yeah. Is he? Wasn't he in, oh. in Halloween? Yes, he was. Yes, he okay. was the. Um, was he better in Halloween? Was, um, I can't remember the name of his character, but he was Michael Myers' psychiatrist. He was, was he better in that? No. <laughs> no, nah, in my opinion, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so so how did this person? Did did he know people? Did he blow someone? What happened? Well, Donald Pleasance well, I mean, was he, a. He was really good friends with John Carpenter. That makes a I lot of sense. That's what really brought him into everything. And, I mean, you have, I think, a better one. I mean, you talk about Levon Cleef, who... But I wonder if it's better to have a bland uh, character for the president or one with more character... Because the more character the president character has... The more people are probably going to think it's a parody of somebody specific. Oh, I don't specifically care if he's bland. I just would rather him act instead of being wooden like well this. okay i i can well, i can make an argument kind of bland would be wooden bland wooden is bland yeah, see, yeah. Uh, i can i can make an argument nixon was not terribly charismatic mm. if we follow and like all of his like speeches and whatnot were just kind of like him just like reading off the teleprompter if this if this was supposed to be a what would happen if Nixon got away with Watergate, if the president in this is supposed to be kind of a pastiche of Nixon. Yeah, but he sounded like he was reading off a cue card while in a meeting with other people. Like he, it's not Did like he not, was. He, do you remember the the debates between him and JFK? Okay, but that that's also him reading off a cue card. In front of a camera where you would have a cue card. And sweating bullets right. the whole time. But this is when he's having a meeting with people that's not in front of a camera, that's on Air Force One. Hmm. This is not something public. And he still sounded like he was reading off a cue card. Like he now, had, you want to see Nixon done right? Futurama. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. that, but that's my point, though. This person cannot oh. act at all. <laughs> The only time I saw any good acting from him is when he's getting shot at. And I thought, oh, okay. Cry, bitch. Cry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Right at the very end when he shoots Isaac Hayes. Yeah. I'm the that, Duke of New York. That was pretty good. But he sounded like he had an accent. Hey, number one. And when he's having an accent, I'm like, you shouldn't be president. You have an accent. Well, you can have an accent and still be American-born. It happens. It would be a 
bunch of convoluted circumstances. Though. Right. Right. And at least if that po- if that was the point, I want some backstory. Give me some backstory. Okay. Give me a reason why he's like this then. Yeah. I want a little bit of backstory. There should have been like a news like broadcast or something about uh, a little bit of the backstory for the president. As you know, the president, you know, he was he's born in America, but he was raised in France or something like, like that. Born in American Guam or something. It's something like that. Like I want a little, but that even then you can't be president. Um, huh. Yeah, it just I want a little bit of backstory as to why this person has an, an accent. At least then we wouldn't have all these long walks places. You know, right. we're, we're, that's still yeah, like that's still the seventies mentality. It's like we got to show everything, or they're not going to know what's going on. I mean, this movie's only ninety nine yeah. minutes long, so mm-hmm. we could have had a little bit of backstory. Yeah, I know. We had to turn the damn lights off to just to see what the fuck was going on. Yeah, that, yeah. that it is a very dark movie. And I feel I, darkness can be done way better. I've been spoiled mm-hmm. by um, watching the when we watched the three seasons of what we do in the shadows. That's yes. like pretty much all nighttime, but mm-hmm. you don't even notice exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everything is just somehow ironically clearly lit. Yeah. <laughs> it's well done. Yeah. yeah, like wasn't there an episode where they did that or partly they accidentally killed the lighting guy? Oh. And they ran and they ran with it for a little bit. Maybe they just made the highlights yeah. pop more. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the lighting guy. I apologize for that. <laughs> this was Dark and uh, difficult to make out with any, even with just artificial lights on yeah. at night. Watching, you gotta turn the lights off. Yeah, I think they were trying to go for like gritty real time almost because Snake having so much time to be. And I did more math on this too. Snake having eighteen hours to get the president or the uh, the the whatever explosives they put in his in his system are going to go off if he doesn't get the president right away. Yeah. Okay, I've heard some... Yeah. I, I want to talk about what what makes... what do, Regardless of stakes, what makes you care about what happens in a movie? Because they had this... Oh, yeah, if the president got, doesn't get to this meeting, there might be, like, a nuclear war shit going on. Um, Snake will get his, get his head exploded off, um, and he'll die. Yet, none of that makes me give a shit. So what's the <laughs> difference between... I wonder what's the difference between, like, you could have a, a slice-of-life plot that I would probably maybe care more about. I mean, I guess... Snake didn't really have much character. Nobody had much character except no. Cabby. Cab, Cabby, and uh, and the Duke had you know had some personality to them. The um, Duke was great. I do think my favorite of all actually is Ernest Borgnine as Cabby. Yeah, yes. Cabby was great. Yeah, because you almost expect like that. Um, uh, it was that. Uh, that Charles Dickens uh, Christmas Carol style movie we watched where it was set somewhat in the future. What, uh... And then Scro- the Christmas present was a crazy caddy. Scrooge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scrooge? Oh, yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge with the, um... Uh, yeah. Murray. Murray? Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, yeah I, except without the gross cigar thing. Or yeah. yeah. Uh, John? So you, you picture that one, it's just, you know, even, even where, like, Snake is... Put a gun to him and like, oh, good. Oh no, I'll take it where you need to be. Don't worry. And I, I want to see more of that world because you know the the prison was established in 1987. 
Mm-hmm. So it's been 10 years. He's been a cabbie for 30 years. <laughs> he just never left. And the, yeah, in the same <laughs> cab, and he just still, he's like, no, I'll stick around. I want to know more about this guy. Right? Yeah, good point. Like, is he that much Is he that much into his job, how he's had the same cab, and he's just getting people around? He's like, okay, I'll just stick with the job. He's just Either dedicated. <laughs> but... Yeah. There have been stories of, like, some kind of horrible disaster, and still you got a couple of people who just won't leave their house or something. Yep. No, he's Harvey. Yeah, the, Joss, Joss has this, this revelation. We, he might be some kind of he's a puka. eldritch abomination, <laughs> because he was just there to rescue Snake. Yeah, he and keeps he, popping up. And he recognized him immediately. He's just there when he needs to be he's, there. He's a puka. He's a fed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? What if Snake was was uh, Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's a recast I'd be down for. Mm-hmm. Well, he did punch a senator in a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's this true. Smith goes to Washington. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> nope. See, that's my theory. My theory is Cabby is a fae. He's yeah. a he's a puka. Yeah. He's See, Harvey incarnate. So yeah, he he doesn't have a name yet. That's why he's called Cabby. Yep. Yeah. It's like if, I figured if you're, they're just calling people after their traits, like Smurfs. Let's see, well, <laughs> if Cabby asks, if Cabby ever asks for your name, don't tell him because he'll take it from you, and now you won't have it. Yep. <laughs> he already knew that snakes, so. Yeah. You can't have my name, but you may call me. Yeah. When I was uh, researching about writing stuff, the idea of stakes and making a person give a shit. Um, came up, and it was apparently if you use, oh no, the, the character's gonna die as stakes, that's not good enough. You no. have to make a reason why it matters. And you have to make us you have to make us like the character, and like, if they <laughs> die, it would be bad for us. See, like, the whole point of the beginning of the movie, when you find out, like, Snake is coming in, and he's being thrown in jail, and you find out that he is only going to prison because he robbed, like, what, the National Reserve or something? A big, crazy uh, bank robbery. It was a bank robbery. He didn't kill anybody, but he was robbing something. It was was like him and two others. Yeah. So he's he's going in... uh, First off, okay, yeah, he's going in not because he murdered people. So that's a plus right there. But at the same time, he's still a criminal. So why do I care so much that he's going into prison? Well, if... If um, him making it out alive was, say, oh, no, I have a sick family to take care of, right. and if I don't get out, then they're going to die, Right. that yep. makes, it the, that makes it the I'm going to die stakes work much better. Exactly. Like, like, uh, like Sandman from the from Spider-Man. Oh, like, like he's cranked. Not, yeah, it's like Sandman's not really a bad guy. He's just forced into a bad situation. It's, it's not even just that. It's just... Um, I'm gonna die isn't stakes enough, I guess. You, no. You, just, you gotta make sh- make sure there's a reason why that the character's death would be a bad thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, they kind of gloss over it, but there's a bit of a deleted scene on the on Air Force One before uh, the, the National Liberation Front people overtake yeah. the plane, which I really wanted to hear people's pro- judicial front. Or the people's front of Judea from Monty Python. <laughs> but, you know, just 
Jewish to see that. No, one second, no, we're the People's Front of Judea, lousy Judean People's Front. But I, I was just thinking, damn, the, yeah. that their complaints uh, yeah. still ring true today. Right. About bad racist yeah. cops and shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, the, sad. Yeah, mm. the um, the biggest part of it that you know was kind of given out was there's the deleted scene that the United States is on a two front war with China and Russia. It's yeah, like yeah, it's it. it's like it's mentioned in passing, but it doesn't really go yeah. into it at all in the version yeah, we got. Yeah. And that, you know, that explaining that if the president's not there in order to give this tape and have peace at this, you know, then we possibly could have peace altogether. And also goes into a, in a deleted scene that China and Russia have nuclear weapons towards us. Because they, they cannot uh, accept the fact, and this part of it was kind of interesting, at least in reading it, they can't accept the fact that we have a giant prison, knowing full well that China and Russia have always had, you know, probably still to this day have prisons like this. In well, they Siberia? do. The, the gulag, yeah, the gulags in Siberia, uh, and I'm there's a lot of space in China. I'm sure there's something somewhere. Haven't you seen the videos <laughs> of Chinese prisons? <coughs> Those are the ones that have got out. We're talking. <coughs> Excuse so me. was Australia the original one? <coughs> yeah, but that's that's Britain. We that just want to. Yeah. They just want to turn the entire planet into a prison. They should do an, like a nineteenth-century prequel of Escape from Australia. <laughs> Escape from Down Under. Escape from Sydney. No, it's actually kind of nice here. I think we'll stay. <laughs> Have you seen the bugs? I don't want to go on a boat that far again. I'm <laughs> just gonna sit down. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've had enough. I'll just make use of it. Well, about most of the places trying to kill you. So, eh. Yeah, girls amuse me. Right. They make me laugh. <laughs> they have a little pouch. They're bouncy. Uh, and they will punch uh, you dead in the face if you mess with them. True. true. Guard kangaroos. True. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, there's a... Um, there's a lot of good in this, I mean, but yeah, there's a lot of the establishing shots, and, and you know, there. It's also you can see. I think John Carpenter was using a lot of a was on a budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even with the music alone, like there's some of the shots where you could clearly hear that uh, there's one shot where that intro you see um, uh, the Duke's car come around. And it's, uh, you know, you see it, but just before that, you can clearly hear in the soundtrack, there's the Halloween theme reversed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, that's the Halloween theme. And the cast like, what? I'm like, that's not, oh my God, it is the Halloween theme. And they cut to Donald Pleasant. I'm like, it's the Halloween, like, it's, it's just the cast 2.0. There's just. Kind of like 1981, like an Adam Sandler movie, like John Carpenter saying, like, everybody, come on in. It's I'm like you can, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Imagine if this was an Adam Sandler movie. Jesus huh? Christ! Change the director. Very different sort of movie. Yeah. I I think it would be more interesting than it was because it yes. probably have some kind of weird humor in it. Yeah. It would definitely be yeah. funnier. You gotta get to the ball. <laughs> You're telling me I gotta go ahead, shave the president, break into there, 
Then if you have the, uh... What about yeah. the Zohan? Yeah. Wasn't he doing, like, spy fighting shit in that one, too? Yeah. He was. Oh, yeah, you watched that, didn't you? I don't know. I don't... No, I don't think I did. I haven't I seen that one. I just know that that's part I, of it. I heard that Zohan was, like, not as bad as it could have been. Mm. Like, yeah. better than it had any right to be. Yeah, yeah I think I yeah. heard that, too. Yeah, I'd say it's like kind of like fantasy casting. If this was an Adam Sandler movie, I'd have a patron saying in as the prison warden. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, if Christopher Walken just... Yeah. You'd only do that would drop you on the Twin Towers, and after that, you're on your own. You'd be an interesting choice for the president. That's actually a good point. I would like yeah. to see Futurama Nixon. Yeah. You're A number one. Isn't Hawk daka, the daka, police daka. commissioner, though? He's not the warden, he's the commissioner. Yeah, but it's more or less the same thing when it comes to True. the, the yes, Manhattan yes, prison. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Uh, Lee Fong Cleave, actually, he played a much better villain in one of my favorite westerns of all time is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I was about to say, he's big, he's big in like the western movie scene. Like He's yeah. in a lot of those, isn't he? Yeah, he, play, he played probably one of the best villains of all time. Period. I mean, that's a movie itself that was nearly a little over three hours, and it still wrote fine. Hmm. You know, I like uh, those types of movies. Ones that yeah, keep you there. It was slower, but then at the end of three hours, you're like, oh, okay, that's done. It didn't feel like three hours. Right, I like those. Yeah, this definitely felt, I mean, it's 99 minutes, but it felt way longer. It felt longer, yeah, I agree. It felt way longer. So... The point at stake with this movie is that they have this map, and there's a the snake has to find the president. They have to find a map which has the uh, the landmines on a bridge of the Queensboro Bridge in order to get the president out at a drop site. Yeah, the, he they does, kept, he's a free man. They kept calling it the 69th Street Bridge, and I'm just like, heh, nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> Me too. Of course, if Snake fails, his head's gonna go blow up. Yeah. Yeah, they stick little explosives near his carotid arteries. I feel like he really should have asked, what are you injecting in me first? Right, he's yeah. way too trusting in that scene. I'm like, uh, really? I mean, it ain't gonna make much difference, but I feel like if he's so tough, I don't think he'd be like, just sit down and let them do it. Right. Without at least asking. At least, so, well, I mean, he's already in prison at this point. I mean, he's been a little bit broken, but... Yeah, but was even yeah. when uh, Hulk was like, uh, I, I want to make a deal with you, and he's like, fuck you, and stuff like yeah. that. True. I think he's trusting True. because Hulk um, brings up his military past and his background and stuff because they were both in the same, like, branches of military. So I think that was a way to open up not just dialogue, but like, here, you can trust me because this, this, and this. And even though he was um, just uh, maybe a little angry and everything about it, it was still a, well, this guy, he's trying to help me and he's going to do this and that. So it was a way to open up trust a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to defend it or anything, but... Well, it turns out how... Mm. Turns out Hauk's not really all that trustworthy, but, right. you know. Exactly. False sense of security. Mm -hmm. But if he... If, if Snake 
succeeds, then they'll just put some X-ray paddles on his neck and that neck, and that'll like and deactivate the the thingies or whatever. Which my thought is, my thought is maybe though there isn't actually anything that they like. It's a placebo, and they just told him that because that's what they do in Escape from L.A. I was gonna say they do that in Escape from L.A. They injected him with this thing that's gonna kill him in twenty four hours. Which is like a like a bug or something, but it turns out it's like no, we just gave you the flu. You'll be fine. We just told you it was it was the mega virus that's going to destroy you. This might be the same the same kind of thing. It's just like yeah, we injected these little tiny nano robot things in you. Did we really? No, but don't tell him. Well, I, I like the fact that the um, the doctor or whomever it is that actually injects him with the thing doesn't really want to do it. He has he has a burst of conscience and goes, you should tell him. Tell me what? He's like, God damn it. And then Lee Van Cleef's like, God damn it, Steve. Really, really, yeah. I mean, he, I think the doctor was also just the conscious, was supposed to be the audience at that point. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait a minute. If this happened to me, then what would, you know, what would I do? Right. Or you know, in this insane world that they have, and, you know, to run a prison, and I've known a couple people over the t- over my years who have worked in prisons before, and it's just a very different dystopia. Yeah. And, you know, they like there's like, you, you don't know half of this until you are there. Mm-hmm. You know, until you're there, until you're a part of the world, the mentality of it is, you know, you would think nothing of injecting somebody with something, or you would think nothing of putting, you know, um, I had one person who told me that there used to be with the death row people, they used to just put two people in a, in a room and just say, you two fight. <laughs> You know, they're like, okay, just just go fight. And they would fight for a little while, and then they'd pull them out on their board, and all the employees and guards would settle their bets, and then they'd all walk away. And it's just, you know, like, humanity is just gone to a degree. They have nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, there's, there, you know, and some of the prisoners were absolutely for it. Like, yeah, no problem, and some of them were there, but you just, you, you shut off a lot. But had to have somebody... Especially um, in the mentality in the early 80s where you have about a period of 10 to 15 years where really urban sprawl crime was way up, or at least it was portrayed to be. Yeah. And, you know, you just see the most dangerous things and the most dangerous people in the world, and now you have you have a little bit of humanity going, wait a minute, that's not right to do. Like, you know, I wouldn't do that to people down the street. Like, no, but you do that to these criminals. I mean, nowadays we wouldn't even think about that. Right. Well, what do the criminals do? Because if they like chopped up a bunch of people and and raped kids and puppies and shit, I'd be like, you'll torture the criminal. I don't care. Yeah. Right. If, as long as you knew totally for sure that it happened because you were there and you saw it. Right, yeah. Just saying that, just to, before anybody is all like, well, you know, and then sometimes wrongfully, whatever, let's just, in my fantasy world, let's just pretend for a moment there that this has not been a wrongful accusation thing. Yeah, and you assume at that point, I mean, you know, and in this prison world, there's got to be some people who are there who are just completely framed. Of course. I want to know where um, Brain's girlfriend came from. Yeah, Brain, yeah, Brain's girlfriend, who 
I kept looking and thinking that that was the uh, the daughter from Happy Days, that it was Joni Cunningham. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a- Adrian, Adrian Joe Barbeau. Barbeau. Bar- Barbeau? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Adrian Barbeau, yeah. the, whose name I only really know because of C-Lab 2021. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a weird feeling, though. That show is now in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I've been thinking that for a little while. Got to say it. Yeah. So, um, have you ever seen um, what the fuck is the name of that movie? Um, shit. It's a oh Christ Almighty. Oh, it'll come to me. I just had it and then I lost it. Well, he would not have it. Uh, she was in the Swamp Thing, Back to the Future, Argo. Yep. Yeah, none of those are one of the Back to School. With, Back to School, yeah. She's, uh, yeah. she's, uh, what the fuck is his name? Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. That's his, uh, it's his wife. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah. That's where I know her from. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah, an Adrian Barbobot. Yeah, she also was the voice of Catwoman on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, was she? Huh. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, just looking through that alone, but she didn't really have much backstory here besides no. being, like, Henchwoman? No, she was given to Brain by the Duke to keep him happy. Huh. And that's Why all the back... Was... That's where all the... Did... Hmm? Where did the Duke get her? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, oh God, is this horrible city uh, co-ed? Because did... that would be a nightmare. It is. It is. It's like, what did she do uh, What did she do to get tossed in the prison? Like, what's her crime? We don't... We never find out. Because remember, there's another woman that Snake runs into when he's being chased by... Um... When he's hiding in, yeah. the, di- in the diner. When he's running from yeah. the crazies. Yeah. Yeah, and you just wanted to hear a little bit more, but everybody's heard about Snake, and everybody thought he was dead. You gotta admit, if he's Especially this well known, it's like what other shit has he done outside? If he's was this well known, a war hero. Yeah, but it's more than that. If all these criminals know his name, then he's notorious. Like, like maybe that bank robbery was way, way bigger than anyone than than they let on in the or movie. that he's done other things besides that. Like, that's entirely possible. If everybody knows his name, then there is he's got a very long, either very long track record, or he's really, really well known for other shit he's done. Rap sheet as long as my leg. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, how much do you do, or what do you do in order to get to the point where you basically rob the Federal Reserve? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we never found out why he did that, did we? No. No. You're given no information other than his name, some of his military background, and what he did to get in there, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a day in a lifestyle movie. Mm-hmm. At least you know they're not going to show any more than that. Like, okay, this happened here, and we'll take you all the way to here, and then that's really it. Doesn't the idea of a blank slate character only work for video games? Probably. And even then, not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily work great because the blank slate character will then sometimes do things that you didn't want your blank slate character to do. Yeah. I'm looking at you, GTA 3. <laughs> yeah, and, um, Snake, I mean, Snake alone, I mean, is a decent style character, but it bugs me that we don't know more. 
he has no real personality much other than gruff guy. Tough, tough and grizzled. I'm tough. He's all grizzled. Grizzled. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you know, the, there's other points to it, but, like, Isaac Hayes is the Duke. It's probably one of my favorite villains in general. But I want to know more. But how did he get to the point where he has chandeliers in his car? Right. That's I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're in basically what is a vast wasteland. They're not going in to repair anything. I can imagine that this is a point where after ten years, after all of the tourist uh, things and hotel rooms and vast areas and things that have been taken over because they've had to probably drive the residents out of Manhattan to bring these prisoners in, pay them off, pay off the hotels to get out of there. So you have enough room for people, but if something is destroyed, eh? You know, oh, my toilet broke. Oh, maybe somebody will come in and fix this in my cell. No, no nobody's coming for you. Right. But are you going to get to the point where you have the, um, uh, to the point where you have to be able to just grab chandeliers or something like? What was the point where that happened? Or saw a little bit of backstory would say, "Hey, this would look great for my car." I think he just wanted to be ostentatious. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a display yeah. of you know I can afford to do this in this kind of situation. I can have this. I'm better than everyone around me sort of thing. I'm A number one. <laughs> and the, the, one of the best parts of it is you can actually see where they're in this um, they're in this theater, which was an MGM-style looking theater itself. Yep. And you have George the Animal Steel fighting. Yep. <laughs> if anyone had noticed it was George the Animal Steel itself, I was pretty sure. I, I was pretty sure it was someone famous like that, but th- that was from before my uh, my wrestling knowledge. My mine started like in the mid '80s, I think. Yeah. Well, this was um, this was just before you know WWF as we know it started to come to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, George the Animal Steel was basically the Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan. And I recognized him immediately because I've seen a lot of old WWE stuff. And, you know, but he just looked at him and, and what did you say, too? Like, they had to, like, the, the, you know, um, he looked like a shag carpet with legs. Like, yeah, that 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 was a... Well, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I, he needed to take a bath in there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a hell of a beard he was sporting, too. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, I don't think fighters are supposed to have... Pullable hair like that. Yep. That's kind of that's uh, bad. Well, some of them do. I mean, even more of the uh, the current ones have long hair. But I mean, you gotta at least put it up somewhere so your opponent can't grab it. That's true. Probably. Some Probably, some do. Kane didn't. But yeah. neither here nor there. No, you don't pull Kane's hair. <laughs> you can pull it if you can reach it. <laughs> the man's like nine Maybe feet tall. that's why it was undone then. <laughs> well, Kane <Yeah>. was Kane. <laughs> yeah. He could shoot fireballs, apparently. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of why Why were those ancient... You got those 
um, sculptures of like ancient warriors that, that aren't wearing anything, and it's like, for fuck's sake, just put something on over there. You're fighting with swords. God damn it. <laughs> Now, this is this is how we're gonna prove that we're tough. We're gonna fight with our danglies hanging out. <laughs> oh my God. We're not worried about castration. <laughs> That's what they used to do in Sparta. And now, yeah. Sparta. yeah, in order to freak the enemies out, they always just strip naked and just run after them. And people are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" They should have like painted little weird swirls on their dogs to like hypnotize them. Running. Run in the windmill pattern. Does, does that mean they were dual wielding? Oh, Christ. Tri- <laughs> triple wielding. They had three swords. Triple dong, Wesley. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> bring up the sponsor of the show. Because <laughs> why not? Sure. <laughs> so... As we always say, um, AdamandEve.com is a proud sponsor of Movie Theater Time Machine. We can't thank them enough for everything they've been doing for us, including sponsoring the show. At this point in time of recording this, they have the Valentine's Day package. So ignite, the, uh, package. ignite your Valentine's Day each year with AdamandEve.com. How do you plan on spicing things up this time around? Check out AdamandEve.com for 50% off. That's not all. Once you get your one item at 50% off, you also get a free lover's kit, Valentine lover's kit, including one item for him, a special toy for her, and something else you know you both enjoy. So we also have the lover's kit, including six spicy movies for your viewing pleasure. You go to adamandeve.com and use MTTM, that's MTTM at checkout, because without it, you have no free Valentine stuff. Yeah. So AdamandEve.com and Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, and that uh, the the six spicy movies. It's not like they just send you a bunch of random stuff. Like you actually get like a code, yep. and you can like choose the the uh, the bundle that you want. So it's not like you know, say say you're oh, no. LGBT, you're not going to be stuck with a bunch of hetero. Um, no, no, no. It's it's pre it's pre. Uh, you didn't get to choose your package. It's it's pre given. Yeah, I think this the six one, movies. More, um, yeah, all right, whatever. Right, though, I think Fine, cut that out. Whatever. Sorry, no. Whatever. It's unfortunately because uh, otherwise, trust me, those movies are like, what is this? Who are you? Why? The one, the one in the cave was actually pretty funny, though. I was like, why, why for you do this? Why for you do this? Oh. Uh. Check it out now. I'll do so because um, one of them is like stupidly funny. Um, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the one in the cave made me go though. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> uh, speaking of within a cave, I mean, obviously there's um, the whole setup when they finally get the president going all the way through and it's kind of in these weird cave areas and then you have this very bizarre looking dude who I cannot remember how he's tied to anything but the guy they end up killing when they find the president when he's all chained up and with a um he got the guy who looked like some kind of Peter Pan lost boy yeah see I wasn't yeah. the only one who thought that thank you <clears throat> yeah 
Yeah, but he looks like he looks like it's basically like he was the the guy from uh, Silence of the Lambs who was keeping people in a well. Cross oh. with Steve-O. Um, um, Buffalo Bill and Buffalo Steve-O. Bill. Yeah, just like you know, just Buffalo Bill and just like okay, he puts the he puts a blonde wig on the president. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Besides the fact that it was the last guy, I mean, I don't know if that'd be much of an embarrassment for more than five minutes. <laughs> Saying David Bowie. Peter Pan, Lost Boy. I I did say my first thought was Peter Pan because I even said it to Dan. (laughs) It was a Peter Pan type. Yeah, I am the Pan now. Yeah, and you know they finally when they get the president and they're on their way and I mean the whole movie kind of wraps really quick because I think they spent too much money on long shots. (laughs) Yeah. It's too much money on long shots and getting uh, getting Isaac Hayes to agree to it. Yeah. Well, at that point, uh, I don't yeah. think Isaac Hayes was that popular at that point, like super popular. Well, when he first showed up, I'm just, I'm like, hello, children. <laughs> he got to his position of power within Manhattan by selling his uh, uh, salty chocolate balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and then he joined Scientology and everything went wrong. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although, personally, I mean, that's where uh, my... My love of Isaac Hayes went down very quickly. Same. Like, they shouldn't criticize religion. Like, okay. You know you had, you're on? Yeah, like, you know, you had all, and, and the episodes <coughs> that they were in, that they had all the other shit. Right. And then the fact. He the was fine with everything else. The show was the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> yes. With the mashup bits and his old dialogue all together, and it's. You know, Chef is acting really weird today. Hi, Chef. Let's go ahead and make love up your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I, I I thought that was just a perfect fuck you. I'm like, good, good. And then he died five days later. Yeah, that was that was like, wow. Okay. Did he get to meet Zeno? Five days later, almost immediately. They kill you off the show. You get killed for real. Oh crap! Uh, and then you know we're reps, and then you know the the I wanted to hear more of why Cabby loved Van Stan Boogie. <laughs> it was just his thing. Out of nowhere, here comes out. He's playing Van Stan Boogie. I'm like, okay, the the, the, the theme song of American Bandstand. Out of nowhere. Hmm. Um, I'm guessing it was probably uh, didn't have any copyright uh, issues. Like they could they could use it. It was uh, uh, what's the well, public domain? Made, you know, unless they made a deal with Dick Clark Productions. I mean, it was it was still a popular show at the time. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it kind of went out after the seventies. Yeah, but it's still it's still played. You know, it wasn't as popular, but maybe, you know, I, mean, I, I don't really know. I didn't care enough to even do the research on that. And then when the president's finally there, and I mean, I, I like the action scenes when they're going across the bridge. And I'm, I'm like, okay, finally there's something. Right. It's like, turn left, turn, no, left. And then the cab gets blown clean in half. Yeah. Like a straight line difference. down the middle. <laughs> Yeah, it was almost like a cartoon in general. Yeah. Abby's dead, and then half of them are still on the other side of the bridge. Like, okay, that was a thing. And then, you know, Brain saying, okay, guys, left. He go, go right, go right. He goes left. He's dead. Yep. And then the girl is dead. 
Yeah, and, life is just... Oh, yeah, because wasn't she shooting at the car that was coming? Yeah. Which was, you know, not Joni Cunningham is dead. Because <laughs> I cannot remember her name and I don't care. Adrian Barbeau. I don't remember the character's name, but... Yeah. I just know it was like a people name and not like a Smurf name. Right. <laughs> life just, okay, then they move on and then, you know, they, they escape and... Probably the only better action is when he shoots Isaac Hayes. I was gonna say this part. This that's this is the only part that really stuck with me because president gets up, snake yeah. is is heading up. The president is the and I told Dan I'm like did they did they do this for like dramatic effect? Absolutely. Because yeah. snake is is getting pulled up. The president stops the pull. Isaac Hayes is down at the bottom. Like shooting at them, the president stops, shoots Isaac Hayes a bunch of times, and uh, uh, is like laughing maniacally, uh, saying something like, "Yo, you're the Duke." Yeah, you're a number. You're one. a number one. Then <laughs> I'm a number one. <laughs> and he's going crazy. And then when he's done, he flips the switch. And Snake goes up. It's like, why did you pause for that? When the switch got flipped, I assumed it was going to be Hauk just saying, no, just let Snake get killed. Right. Good. Like, I thought that he was oh, just going to stop it there and leave him there and just be like, ha ha, too bad, so sad, bye. But no, he flips it back up and he just brings him back up. And I'm like, why? Why? Just, just for dramatic effect? Like, <coughs> I, I did not understand why it just that happened that way. But whatever. I thought, I don't know either. yeah, it was just a. This is so weird. Okay, sure. Continue. I, I, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, you know, where the president's getting shaved and fixed up because he's, he's been away for a little while. He's going on TV. Yeah, and he's going on the TV, and oh well, and I kind of saw Snake's motivation after a bit, because he meets the president, he's a veteran, and, you know, judging on some veterans that I know, it's like, okay, I want a moment of your time, you know, what do you think about the people who died in order to get to you? Well, I thank them, and then just moving on, like, he went from having a moment where he could learn, and he didn't really learn too, too much. Right. It's like, oh, you're still a dick. Okay. Yeah, and that's just different. Yeah. That's just different life. And, you know, like, you know, he didn't, he didn't grow from that at all. And it's like, okay, this, this, what, you know, I kind of saw something, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but where I saw, like, you know, is like for a flash moment, probably thinking, what did I just fight for? It's, I think that's the, that was a, let's see if I can trust at least a little bit of humanity again. And yeah. when that happened, it's like, no, no, humans still just fucking suck. Yeah. Okay. That way the tape got switched yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. I think that it was because he had both both of those tapes on him. And when Hulk is like, all right, give me the tape. And he's like, yeah, okay, here you go. Here's the tape. And uh, then they do the x-ray to his neck. Then they do the x-ray neck, to his neck. And, and he's fine, which I don't think there was actually bombs in his neck in the first place, but okay. Well, the, the frantic way that <clears throat> doctor ran up to him, I think there was. The, I, think it's all, I think it's all a placebo, and even the doctor 
was was tricked about oh, it. Oh, maybe that's. I mean, that's possible. It's never said if that's right or wrong. So yeah. it's entirely it's entirely possible. It was kind of distracting whenever they talked about military stuff. Was that how he'd flown over Leningrad? Like mm-hmm. that still existed. <laughs> that is something right. I failed to predict. Hmm. Right. Because the there was no Leningrad by 1997. No, it was St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. That was slightly distracting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely odd when you think about it for a future sense, and then you're like, no, this this didn't happen. Well, when did the Berlin Wall come down? That was like 91. 91. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was way before anyone in this movie had. That that was like this movie was like way before that. So 81. So in their uh, in their estimation, the wall was probably still there. Yep. Like the yeah, whole Soviet yeah. thing didn't just straight up collapse under its own weight. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just kind of amusing when you watch movies about the future, what they got right, what they got wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like remember uh, the things to come when it's like twenty thirty six and they're gonna launch a space gun and maybe go to the moon. <laughs> Uh, that was an enjoyable movie. Well, by 2036, we might go back to the moon. We might actually have some funding in NASA by then. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Do you know how much Hopefully money it costs this. to do all that? Billions. Yeah. Billions. Okay, but we have fucked yeah. this planet so much, we're going to need to colonize the moon eventually. <laughs> oh, only yeah. rich people are going to be able to go there. Yeah, it... I want to go to the moon just yeah. to jump. <laughs> just the space jump a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just want to go jump a little bit. <laughs> Be weightless for a yeah. minute. Yeah, I think that's what you and I would do. Is like, okay, we're doing, we do it. And five minutes later, can we go now? Okay, I'm bored. Let's go back. It only took us like three days to get here. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's enough now. Okay, fine. Let's go back here. Imagine the shitload of drone me and I would have to take. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We're going to yeah. have to. See, you we're end gonna... up like uh, Lana from uh, Archer. <laughs> she went to space and just spent the whole time puking. Yeah. Or put me in a coma or something. At least just for I was going to say, Nick, you'd have to get like knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have to put drone me in me just to even look at a plane to begin with. Hell. So how did this compare with Escape from L.A.? I've never seen it. It's been a long time since I saw L.A., but it is... Okay, Escape from L.A. is brighter. And he gives Snake a trench coat. It's it's much more colorful. Um, Is it daytime? No. It's just lighter. Like, there's electricity. (laughs) So... Um, it's more action. Too. There's a lot more action. Um, it's the I believe it's the president's daughter that yeah. instead of um, the president and yeah. um, cue the MC Chris. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more dialogue as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> stop! Like, shush. More creepy factions. It's yeah. not so much. Cre- I don't think there's more creepy factions. Um, it's yeah, been a lo- it's been a while since I've seen it. It's not the warriors. Um, and I remember. I mean, I remember the ending too. I'm not going to give it to you, but uh, I told him the ending, and he was like, "Did that happen?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's how this ended." Um, it's to me anyway. The Escape from L.A. was a better movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more. 
Did it break off from an, with an earthquake? No. Yes. Oh, wait, yeah, uh, California did, yeah. California broke off along the state line, just that oh, yeah, straight line, tink, 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 and just floated out to sea to yeah. go hang with Hawaii. Yeah. Alaska I, can come yeah, too. I liked, I liked that one even more. Yeah. And I think it was very clear of a uh, late 70s, early 80s style written and directed and produced movie. And, you know, then you had something in the mid-90s where we really had to keep the action to, you know. Yeah. It really had to hold our attention based on the way things evolved over the years. Like, hey, kid, what focus, I, huh? I what? think it's funny, too, that I think that the reason maybe that I liked it more is because of my age, I think. Yeah. I think that adult, like older adults liked the first one more because of how old they were at the time. Whereas I like the newer one more because of how old I was at the time. Mm. I think it has a lot to do with the age gap. Is it nostalgia from when you first saw it or just nostalgia for the time that doesn't matter when you first saw it? I mean, that that's kind of the Goonies thing. Like, if you grew up with the Goonies, you love it. But if you saw it the first time when you were older, it's just like, it's just a bunch of people screaming over each other. Yeah. It's like, it it really all depends on, on your initial exposure to it. You know? I agree, I agree with you. I, I agree with you both. I think that's why I like to escape from L.A. more myself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's where I started consuming entertainment more in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And I was really into old classic horror and then, you know, started watching more martial arts movies and that, then it yep. it clicked more for me rather than this. And this, I'm like, okay, this is a good setup, but definitely a period piece. Right. Yeah, see, this. if I saw this one as a kid, I'd know, like, maybe t- ten minutes in, I'd just be like, where's my Game Boy? Right. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, is this... Is Escape from L.A. the the job that Hulk had for Snake at the end of the the first movie? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, I I don't think so. No, because I think, if if I'm remembering correctly, Snake gets in trouble again. That's why he's he's going back to jail. He's in trouble. Except this time he's in California. Yeah, Snake Plissken actually appeared in in several different movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, Escape from L.A., Escape from New York, uh, had an anti-hero establishment. Escape from L.A. was his last one, um, but he was in uh, was a Marvel comic, uh, was a short called The Adventures of Snake Pilskin, that, and then the, the Snake Pilskin Chronicles. Um, I don't care. But, um, you know, there's a possibility of future projects that they wanted to be able to put it in here. Um, but Gerard Butler was supposed to be in a remake of Escape from New York. Unfortunately, that got shelved. Hmm. Uh, and uh, another one that would have been better would have been Josh Brolin was supposed to play him. Hmm, but Josh Brolin's in everything. It. See, that wouldn't be too bad, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he would have done pretty decently, honestly, but I, I just, I, it's something that just got in development hell and eventually got shelved when Fox was sold to Disney. Uh, but it's still, I, I, I don't know, but I don't know about this one really. I think, I don't know, I, I, eventually I think, you know, for your sake, I think it's, uh, Kaz, Escape from LA, I think might be something we could explore a little bit. I don't know, I was, I got, 
I got bored, but it doesn't take a lot to make me kind of, yeah, you know, not really feel like give a shit. Well, for this, for Escape from LA, is a different pace too. However, yeah. I do think that um, Snake has potential as a cool character. He's, yeah, he does. Mostly because he looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> like I, just looking at him, it screams character. It's just you know his personality needs to be developed more to catch up with his look. Right, right, yeah. Some kind of anti-hero action guy. True, true, true. So, um, I think we'll just kind of tell you a little bit about 4041 Media, and we'll, um, we'll come back with some fantasy casting. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Psych Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free? To subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, not to mention our confidence, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back! Lordy, fantasy casting for this is definitely a strange, strange thing to think about. Right. Actually, let me go grab the dice. I forgot about that. The ideas, the yeah. ideas I already spit out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... Jimmy Stewart! Yeah. That's the only one I could think of is Jimmy Stewart as Snake. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, you can call me... Call me Snake. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh... A lot. That's, uh... That's a 26. Yep. That's numbers. You know, I served in the war, and if I gotta go ahead and take care of the president, what's gonna be in it for me? <laughs> I've gotta go ahead and get something out of it, and if you wanna go ahead, my warden's gonna take care of me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's just, it's just like Leningrad. <laughs> It's not like where it is when I was in Leningrad or when I had to go over and take care of boys in Vietnam. Would he still have the same wild mullet-ish hair and uh, the cool eye patch? Absolutely. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart with an eye patch. Yeah. I wish I, I was better at uh, Photoshop than I am. I would say it'd be, it'd be like the uh, the internet rumors about Mr. Rogers, how, <laughs> yeah. you know, like how Mr. Rogers and why he wore a vest was because he had all those tattoos yeah. before, yeah. and he killed like 30 Nazis with, with his bare hands. Yeah. Now, see, the uh, version of it... It all ended up not being true. The version of it I heard was that he was a, he was a like, Marine Corps sniper. Yeah. 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 I mean, he did do stuff, but I mean, it wasn't as like it wasn't as intense as everybody thinks it is. Yeah, it was over exaggerated yeah. by far. Oh, uh, by far, but it's just I want that all to be Jimmy Stewart in reality, <laughs> and you know, like, and I really kind of feel bad now knowing that Janie still listens to this too. Oh. <laughs> so, but uh, Janie, if you're still listening to this one, we are definitely going to be coming still, but it's going to be a little bit longer than we thought. I really want to go 
Yeah. We, we will be at the Jimmy Stewart Museum eventually. There, there will be a movie. Th- there will be a movie theater field trip. <laughs> I I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. We should go. I lost up the merchandise. We yeah. made it. Yeah. Oh, I I just want the I just want the the uh, the Puka cup. Yeah, I definitely do. That looks so cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's sort of that's really the only one I have. It's Jimmy Stewart as uh, as 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 Snake. <laughs> oh, man. Um, he does that if he starts dancing. You know, he start at the very end of it, like I just want a moment of your time, Mr. President. Think <laughs> about the people who died, and then he switches and starts playing American Bandstand and just starts dancing. <laughs> You're offering me a job. The hell with you. All right, you mentioned one uh, earlier, and I'm going to hijack that one. Uh, patron saint of 4041 Media as uh, as the president. Did he watch his butt. What's up? Does he have a watch up his butt? Yes, yes, he does. He <laughs> carried this un- uncomfortable hunk of metal up his ass all the way through New York. Twenty three. It's a twenty three. Hell yeah! All right, what did you have him as? The president. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was thinking Snake because you know he's in the war. Yeah. Well, we already have, we have Jimmy Stewart as the uh, as as Snake, so have uh, Christopher Walken as the president. Um. Hmm. Do we have any good ones for Brain, or was was he um, was the Brain good as he, the the actual the Brain the mouse? Yes. <laughs> yes. So is is uh what's her name Maggie? I guess so. Yeah, like, yeah. Like she'd be she'd be pinky. Maybe. Yep. That's 21. a twenty-two. Numbers are hard for me. I know. That's let me do math. Numbers. You hey. have the map of the sixty-nine Street Bridge, Pinky. It's part of his plan to take over the world. So when we'll, we get out of here, we're going to figure out what is the best plan of all. We will be friends with the Duke. Are you pondering what I'm pondering, Pinky? I think so, Brain. But where are we going to find rubber pants on our size at this time of night? (laughs) I find it at the food drop. (laughs) (laughs) What is that gang cooking over there, Brain? They must smell really good. That's the cannibals, Pinky. And and then uh, Snake is wondering why he's so fucking tiny. Because he's a mouse. <laughs> this is the brain. This is the brain. How are you driving a full-size cab? Don't question it. <laughs> or no, wasn't there one one episode of Pinky and the Brain where he was like piloting a uh, president mech? It was like a full-size yeah. person yeah. mech suit and just his tiny mouse head sticking out of the top. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that's that's uh, brain in this one. Uh, I, in the reboot, in the um, the re-release in the new episodes of um, of Animaniacs, there is an amazing scene. And while I am not advocating for the harshness of this, this is it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. It made me lose my mind. Where uh, Brain is talking with Pinky, and it's like, after 20 years, we could finally continue our plan to take over the world. And Pinky goes, well, actually, I've had 20 years to think, and I think your relationship with me is really toxic, and I think I need to get rid of you. <laughs> Brain looked at Pinky and just punches him in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, what 
Wow. Can I just continue on like nothing ever happened? Like, well, you hit you hit Pinky in the head and he just resets. Yeah, right. It's just like like, not, like nothing ever happened. It like it just it was the perfect bit of animation. Like flat off. Point. Uh, That's amazing. Oh man, but th- that yeah, I okay. Can we get into what next week's movie is? Sure. Yes, let's do that. Okay. This is one that has been on a short list for if we break the time machine. We want to do this since the beginning, and this is close enough to... This is basically our fifth year anniversary episode. Um, will we'll be next week. So we are doing Luke Wilson's classic, Idiocracy. Which was supposed and to be a comedy, not a prophecy. Yes. The movie that yeah, the movie that is a comedy, except if you go to Walmart after midnight. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that just to feel better about myself. Yeah, three AM trips to Walmart were great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the midnight Walmart trip we took that was actually some guy's bachelor party? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's not surprising to me at all. Uh no. We had one, we had a, we took two scooters and we were racing the scooters down the aisles mm-hmm. and my battery was dying and Kaz is walking circles around the scooter that I'm riding <laughs> just to prove that it's just dying like heck. I'm like, I can still win this. Ah, screw it. Tortoise and in the hair, tortoise in the hair. You know, as long as you guys didn't do that while I was working there, that's fine. Just remember, yeah. the, remember the few nights we, we were there, we're just randomly firing Nerf darts into neighboring aisles? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Again. I mean, honestly, if I remember right, the Walmart employees, were like, we told them what we were doing and they were totally into it. Yeah, it, you know, it depends, it's, it's it depends like, don't on the time it. of day. It depends on yeah. who's there. As long as management's not there, they don't give a shit. And they're just like, just don't yeah. knock over a display and we're fine. Pretty much. Yeah. And as long as you bring the carts, cool about it. they're like, okay, yeah, just kind of do your thing. Yeah, just as long as you bring the carts back and put them back, they don't care. Don't hurt anybody. Yeah. Don't knock anything over. Yeah. And put them back where they belong. They don't give a shit. And I remember there was a security guard who thought the whole thing was funny as hell. Oh yeah. He was like, like, all right, dude, just kind of do. Your, like, told them what we were doing. And we're like, oh, he's getting married tomorrow. They thought it was me. <laughs> like, no, this, this older dude's getting married. He's like, oh. Cool, okay. <laughs> and life just kept moving on. But we are doing Idiocracy. And, uh Finally be able to talk about the story of how Not Sure and Frito came to be the most powerful people on Earth. <laughs> I, I like so money. Do not hold up and we'll tell you why. And that'll be next time on Movie Theater Time Machine. So we will tell you right now, but we will sign off a special way because we have next week's episode. I finally get to say the words that I've been dying to say for five years on the internet. Yeah. So be good. Forget about it. Be good. Take care of yourself and go away baiting. (laughs) Stop.